Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Romans chapter number 10. If you would, we did it this morning, and if you're physically able, and it wouldn't bother your conscience, when you reach Romans chapter 10, would you please join me in standing for the reading of God's Word? I promise I'll try not to keep you standing real long. And if you get tired, you can sit down. I understand that. Romans chapter number 10. We'll begin reading in verse number 9, and we'll read through verse number 15. Now again, I know I'm reading from the New Testament, and I'm aware this is a familiar passage. Please don't shut me off because of that. Please just listen. As I said this morning, if you don't get anything from the messenger, you can still get something from the message. You can get something from the book. When the book is open, you can get something. Doesn't matter who's preaching, doesn't matter who's teaching. You can, if you want to get something from Jesus, Jesus wants to give you something. So if you want something tonight, if you came to get something from God, you're looking at the wrong guy. But if you'll open that book, you can get something from the Lord. And those of you that are watching via live stream, if you would, please, don't just, don't observe, participate. Be part of what's going on. You have not worshipped unless you've opened your book. Open that book. It's your home. I don't care how you dressed. I don't care about any of that stuff. Open your book. I've rattled on for about five minutes, so you've had time to go get your Bible. You've had time. Open your book. Join us in reading the Scripture. Be with us tonight as we read the book. Romans chapter 10. Begin reading there in verse number 9. And it says this tremendous passage, powerful passage. It says this. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. No ands, ifs, or any other conditions added to that. It doesn't say that God picks you or he doesn't pick you. It doesn't say any of that. It just says if you want Jesus, you can have him. If you're interested in having Jesus change your life, person, you can have him. Christian, if you're interested in Jesus being a greater presence in your life, you can have that. That verse didn't say Jesus picked anybody. Now, I know I'm on this Calvinism thing, but that gets me mad. That, that, to me, directly demeans the very character of God. He did not look at the womb of a baby and say, that one gets saved and that one goes to hell. That ain't in Scripture, Christian. That book says that if thou, that thou is any thou, anybody shall confess with thy mouth, that's anybody's mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart, anybody's heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There's a period at the end of that sentence. That is finished and complete. Salvation is finished. It is complete. And if you don't have it and you want it, Jesus will give it to you. Look at the next verse, verse number 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, not the preacher, not the missionary, not the Sunday school's teacher. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference. I love this verse. It's a great verse, powerful verse for our nation at this time. Christian, you got to get a hold of this verse. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. That's everybody. If you ain't Jew, you're Greek in the Bible. That's everybody. So he covers us all. He covers us all. One race, human race, covers us all. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. That means if you are here tonight, if you're watching via live stream, 
you're not saved, Jesus is seeking you. And Christian, if you're here tonight and you've got something between you and God, you've got something that is just not right, the Lord is right here waiting for you. He didn't move. He's as good as he was now as when he saved you. Look at the next verse. Verse number 13, for whosoever, I, I love it that the scripture just pounds this in. For whosoever, that is anybody, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, period. I love it. It's finished. It's done. If you want in, I can't say it enough. If you want him in your life, he wants to be in your life. How then, verse number 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? That's a good question. Now shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? It's another good question. Now shall they hear without a preacher? Good question again. Now shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Bring glad tidings of good things. I want to preach to you a message entitled this tonight, Misconceptions About Missions. Father, Lord, you, you know me. You know I'm flawed. I don't have anything for these people. I have nothing. I just wish you would fill me up with you. Father, please fill me up with you. These people did not come to hear Matt Haynes. They did not come to hear about Kurds. or Kurds. They, they, they didn't come to hear from or about me or my wife. They came to hear from you. I cannot give these people anything to take them through the week. But you can, Father. You can. And I want to be your tool. And I want to be your vessel. And I want to be your preacher. It's all I desire, Lord. It's the desire of my heart. Please make me your preacher. Please fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I don't want any, I want everything I say tonight to be gospel-focused and Christ-centered. I want everything to be about you. I want the beginning and the end to be all focused on you, everything about you, Father. You're the beginning and you're the end. And everything in between is you. I pray you'd fill every person in the sound of my voice with the power of your Holy Spirit. Because if you don't, Father, if you don't meet with us, if you don't meet with us now, it's just religion. Empty. Same as anybody else. All we did was sing and talk. If you don't meet with us, we want to have church. God, I want to have church tonight. I need you. I need you to preach. I need you in my life. I need your power. Pray that as you fill me with your Holy Spirit, and God, I beg you to do it, that you fill each person with the power of your Holy Spirit to listen, to hear what it is you have for them to hear. We beg this in your name, Father. Amen. Appreciate you standing. I know I had you standing for a minute. You can be seated. I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. I do note that um, there are a few less of our brethren on the front row tonight than there were this morning. And I had a dear, sweet lady tell me, I believe I saw her back there. There she is, right there. She told me that she was going to bring me one of those face shields tonight. And I told her in about five minutes I wouldn't be able to see anything. So they wouldn't help anybody. And then I met Miss Victoria. Where's Miss Victoria? Where's Miss Victoria? Is she here tonight? Miss Victoria is back there? Raise your hand. Yes. Miss Victoria instructed me. In fact, she told me with pointed finger, take that jacket off. You will see that I am an obedient young man. And I have taken the jacket off, Miss Victoria. She said, our pastor takes it off and you'll be more comfortable. I guess I didn't yell enough this morning. And she wants me to be more comfortable so I can yell a little bit more. So if there's too much yelling tonight, we all know who to blame. Pastor pointed her out. She's sitting right over there. To tremendous passage verse 11 through verse number 13 is the message of missions and missionaries can I say this to you church sometimes missionaries get too good of a rap they really do people think sometimes that missionaries are heroes we are not heroes 
We are flawed, imperfect humans trying to do the best we can do to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what you are? Flawed, imperfect humans trying to do the best that you can do to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the difference between us? Geography. Geography. That's it. Same gospel, same message, same Jesus, same salvation, and nothing different. Just the place we're in is different than the place you're in. That's it. You know what's special about a missionary? That God would use that person for His glory and honor. You know what's special about a church member? That God would use them for His glory and His honor. A missionary is just a church member doing what you're doing somewhere else. So tonight, it is not the missionary preaching to the church. It is the missionary preaching to the other missionaries. You understand that tonight? That my job title is your job title. That what we do is what you do. Every one of us has the same gospel, the same message, the same... It may be a different method, but it's the same message, Christian. Verses 11 through verse 13. That is the message of missions and of missionaries. Verses 14 and 15. This is the method. We're in the introduction right now. This is the method of missions. Now, verse 15 is very, very famous. In fact, I think we should have read that yesterday when those guys were feeding each other from their toes. The most vile thing I've ever seen in my life. I eat Cheetos with my own hands and my own mouth. I have never seen toes like that, nor do I ever desire to again. This verse says, how beautiful are the feet. Those were not beautiful feet. Those were not beautiful feet. This is a famous passage, verse number 15. It's read at many missions conferences. It's preached on often. What sometimes we miss, as I said this morning, we go to the end of the story before seeing all the buildup that God has. There is so much packed into these verses that we just sometimes we skip through them and we get to verse 15 and we talk about, oh, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, bring glad tidings of good things, and yes, God send more, God send more, and that's good. That's not a bad prayer. That's a good prayer. But there's a reason in Scripture that verse number 14 is placed there before verse number 15. There's a reason for that. The first, verse number 14, it doesn't say... How beautiful are those that sent. The challenge is, will you be the one to go? See, what happens so many times in our independent Baptist churches is we're praying for God to use somebody else, and God is looking to use us. God is looking to use you. Yeah, he's looking to use somebody else, and he'll do it, but God is looking to use you, Christian missionary. God is looking to use you. And the verse for us tonight is not verse number 15. Our verse is verse number 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not heard? That is not just the missionary in the foreign fields challenge. That's your challenge, Liberty. That's your challenge for Orange County. That is your challenge, church. How are they going to hear? I can't tell them. We're leaving. You are the missionary of Orange County. That's your job description. That's your title. You are, verse number 14. That's what you are. That is who you are. Now, we showed a video from Iraq, but we could have just as easily shown a video from this county, from your town. It's you. Verse number 14 is you. You're the preacher. It's you. The first prayer must be, Lord, not, Lord, will you send, but Lord, shall I go? That's the first prayer. Let me challenge you. Now, I'm biased. I'm biased. I admit it. I love my nation that we're called to. I love it. I love it with all, with all my heart. I love it. So when I say you ought to pray about God calling you to missions, I mean you should come to our place. And yes, I'm biased, absolutely, but I'm the one preaching, so I get to be biased about that. 
My people need the gospel. They're not the only ones, but my people need the gospel. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? That's your challenge, Christian. That's your challenge, missionary. You are the preacher of the gospel. That is who you are. That is who we are. That is what we do. It's not just what we do. It is what we are. We ought to live the gospel, breathe the gospel, eat the gospel. It ought to never leave us. It ought to be something that is with us every moment of every day that our life is so saturated by the need and the desire to reach people for Christ that we can't ever get away from it. That's who you are. That's who we're supposed to be. That's what a Christian is. That's what a Christian is. Look, you can be a believer and not be a Christian. You can be a believer and not be a Christian. A Christian is a preacher of the gospel. That's what a Christian does. You notice I took the title missionary out of there. You see, that's a word we made up. We made that word up. In the Bible, we call it a preacher. And Christian, that is what you are. You are, verse number 14. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? You. How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? You. And how shall they hear without a preacher? That is you, church. Some misconceptions about missions. I'll just give you three things and we'll be done. Let me only give you two. Number one, misconception about missions. Number one, it's only for a few. It's a misconception about missions that it's only for a few. I'm not going to go there. I've got several verses listed, but there's Matthew 28. 18 and 19, Mark 16 and 15. And if I remember those verses correctly, it was not given to one person. The Great Commission was not handed down to a man. It was handed down to the apostles who gave it to the local church. And that's me and you, Christian. You know, there's a group of people that talk about apostolic succession. If you've never heard about that, you're not missing anything at all, I promise you. Don't go Google it. That is a rabbit trail you don't want to go down. That is a rabbit hole. You, you want to be part of apostolic succession? Go preach the gospel. That's what the apostles did. They preached and planted churches. That is missions. That is gospel. The planting of autonomous, independent, self-sustaining, self-governing local churches. That's the heartbeat of God. That is the method of missions. Sometimes we get the idea that a church plant is just a new church. No, Liberty is a church plant. Didn't you get planted? So when you plant something, now I'm a terrible gardener. I'm good at cutting stuff down, but I'm not very good at getting it to grow. I'm really bad at it. My wife is worse, but I'm really bad. <laughs> I'm not teasing her. She'll admit it. She's worse. So you plant something and you just leave it? Is that what you do? You just leave it. Okay, if you leave it, what's going to happen? It dies. So what do you do? You water it. You work with it. You feed it. You nurture it. You give it shade. What are you doing? You're trying to make it grow into what it was intended to be. What is a church plant? Brand new. What are you trying to do with it? Water it. Nurture it. Get it to grow. It never stops being... Does that thing ever stop being a plant? The plant never stops being a plant. It was never intended to be anything other than a church plant that grows and produces other church plants. That's missions. That's what you do, Liberty. That's what you do. That is the Bible method. It is planted, it grows, and because of its growth, it plants other things. That's what it does. That's a church plant. Not that it has been planted, but that it is a plant that continues to grow and continues to flower. That's a church plant. That's what it does. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. Missions is only for a few 
Missions is not, and please understand me when I make this statement, you've got to listen to me. Missions is not a soul winning program. It is a church planting movement. That is missions. We soul win as part of church planting. We don't church plant as part of soul winning. The heartbeat of the Lord Jesus Christ is his local church and the planting of them because with the planting of the local church comes the gospel. The light of the gospel comes through the planting of his local church. We're not over there just to win people, although that is what we try to do every single day. We are where we are for the intent of establishing a visible, physical, existing, local church that will last far beyond our lifetimes. That is what you want here, is it not? When we are all dead and gone, you want for Liberty Baptist Church to still be planting churches, still be supporting missions, still be a light for the gospel. Do you not? Is that not what you want? You are missionaries. That is what you are, Christian. That's what you are. You know everything that exists in this world decays and dies. You realize that, right? One thing it doesn't. It's not supposed to. It's never intended to die. The local church. The local church. It was never intended to die. It is intended to grow and exist until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. We get to be part of that. Misconceptions about missions, it's only for a few. Second thing, second thing I want you to see, and I'm going to be gentle about how I say this, but, but, but please understand, you've got you to understand my heart. Second thing, misconception about missions, it's only for Americans. Now, since I'm white, I can say funny things about white people. I get to do that. And I do quite enjoy doing that. Sometimes, can I ask you a question? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You know what it says in Acts 1 8? Why don't we turn there? Let's turn to Acts 1 8. I want you to see it. Don't just listen to what I say. Read it in the book. Acts 1 8. Let's read it. Let's find the Americans in Acts 1 8. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's find the Americans in there. You know, it's got to be in there, right? Acts 1 8. Let's read that. You look there as I read. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses both unto me, unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I see any Americans. What are you saying? Missions is not a command for a particular culture or color or ethnicity. It is a command and a vision given to every Bible-believing child of God. The command of missions and the mandate of church planting, the formula, is not one color to the rest or one ethnicity to the rest. The mandate of church planting is to be fulfilled by all believers. All believers. We have gotten so wrapped up in allowing news media and social rhetoric to define how we treat other Christians who maybe look a little different than we do. That is not of God. You know, you know how I know that Jesus likes cross-cultural ministry? Because that's what he did. That's what he did. Has anybody else ever been of the race of Jesus in heaven? Now, is there more than one God? There is only one God. And God came in the form of a man, did he not? He came to people that weren't like him. And aren't you glad that he did? Aren't you glad that he did? I am so fed up with this white people just reach white people and black people just reach black people and brown people just reach brown people. That ain't in the Bible. It ain't in there. It's not there, Christian. It's all that stuff we did. We made that up. 
Jesus died to save the human race. Any further division, we did that, not Jesus. We did that. I like preaching here because it's more fun than preaching in an all-white church. It is. You know what this looks like? What heaven's going to look like. Now, if you're unhappy with one of your fellow church members, don't look at them right now. Do not think in your mind, oh, dear heaven, i got to spend eternity with that person? You know this is what heaven's going to look like, right? All nations, all creeds, all languages, all colors, and none of it will matter in eternity. None of it's going to matter. All that stuff is going to be washed away, and it's just going to be human race and our Lord Jesus Christ. None of that's going to matter. Don't you get caught up in that junk. That stuff distracts from the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother Matt, I have a particular political view. Well, God bless your heart, so does everybody. Well, I, I just can't talk to those people. Well, I'm glad you're not Jesus. Because Jesus could talk to anybody, and he did. It's a misconception about missions that, the, that like has to reach like. This bigotry, that's what it is. That's not my Jesus. That's your Jesus. You go have fun with that. That's not my Jesus. Some of the greatest Christians that I have ever known, that I have seen suffer for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, were not born here, and they're never going to come here. And they have suffered the way I have never suffered for the Lord Jesus, and have maintained their testimony and their love for Him. It is a misconception that salvation is determined by the place, the culture, or the color into which you were born. We make those divisions. Jesus does not. There's his perfection and just a bunch of sinners. Aren't you glad for that? I'm glad for that, man. Oh, I'm so thankful that he doesn't take me based on my culture, based on my color. He takes me based on his love for me. That's the message of missions. Not about America. It's not about a country. It's about a king. It's about a savior. It's about a holy and a righteous God. It's not about us. It's about him. It was always about him. We just make it about us. That dilutes, waters, and perverts the holy scriptures and the gospel. And no place for that in the church of God. There's no place for that stuff. No place for it. Doesn't belong. Doesn't belong. Doesn't please the Lord. Doesn't belong. Do not allow your personal preferences about what goes on outside to make you resent someone in your church that is of a different culture or a color that feels differently than you do. That is not of God. It's not. See, Brother Matt, that never happens. Oh, I'm glad you feel that way. I am. I really am. If you feel that way, you stay feeling that way. I like it. But it does happen. And it's a blight. The shed blood of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a blight. And it ought not ever to be so named among our independent Baptist churches. I said it this morning, I'll say it tonight. That craziness out there ought to be looking at independent Baptist churches wondering how in the world are you people getting along? You are all messed up as a soup sandwich. You got 15 cultures in about every section here. How in the world do you click? How do you mesh? How do you function in unity? And the answer will always be, the 
Lord Jesus Christ. That's missions, Christian. That is the message of missions. First thing, misconception that it's only for a few. It is for you. Second misconception, it's only for one cultural group to another. Third misconception of missions, and I'm so grateful for this one, that this is a misconception. It's only for the talented. Now, that's not the time to laugh. I heard somebody laugh. There are times to laugh. That's not the right one. You messed up what I was going to say. I was going to say, thank God, because look who's preaching. But the laugh already did that for us. God does not call the equipped or the talented. God calls the surrendered. God doesn't use ability. God used faithful, surrendered Christians. Ability can bless the Lord, but not if it's done from an unsurrendered heart. God looks for surrender, not talent. If you got talent, that's a great plus. It's nice. But if you don't, join the club. You say, now, <clears throat> I think I need some amen cards up here to let you know when it's time. I think the Lord has brought this sister into my life to make sure that I stay humble through this message. I hope they got that amen on the recording. I really do. Say, Brother Matt, I can't preach. Join a club. Join a club. Well, Brother Matt, I can't sing. Oh, my friend, you are welcome in my club. Pastor Sammy tonight went a cappella, and my love for him went down just a little bit when he did that. Because without musical instruments, other people can hear what comes out of my mouth during the song service. And I told the teenager this, I'll tell you, when I sing, even the Lord plugs his ears. Oh, oh, it's bad, I promise you, it's bad. There's a reason I don't sing specials in church. Even in Kurdistan, I didn't sing. You brother Matt, you gotta be able to sing? No. You just gotta be surrendered. Just be surrendered. Brother Matt, but I'm shy. I yell a whole bunch. I am as introverted as they come, man. I don't like being in crowds. I don't really like talking to people other than my wife and myself. See, Brother Matt, they make medication for that. I know. Leave me alone. I know. And then God took me, because the Lord has a sense of humor, I'm telling you, he does, and he stuck us in the most social culture that exists on the planet. When you go to dinner at a home in our country, it is an all-day affair. You show up several hours early and you stay multiple hours late. It drives me batty. It drives me crazy. That's not, if the Lord would let me, I'd take my wife and my Bible and I'd go live in a monastery and just read and study about Jesus all my life. That'd be a good life for me. It'd be a great life. It's not what God said. That's not missions. That's not gospel. See, God will take the unequipped if they'll just be surrendered. Surrender is what God likes. See, Brother Matt, how do we accomplish missions? Surrender. How do we preach the gospel? Surrender. How do we reach people for Christ? How do we build a church? It takes surrender, Christian. It takes surrender. Can I give you a couple of examples and I'll read a verse and we'll be done. Let me make a statement here. The call to missions in church planting is not about what the sinner can offer God, but about the salvation that God offers to the sinner. And you ain't got to have no talent to tell anybody about that, Christian. There's a brother tonight. Brother Jevin, did I get that right? Did I say the name right? Yes, sir, I did. Okay. Met him tonight. You know what he did? 
told me a salvation story. It took him three seconds and he was talking to me about Jesus. What's that? Missions. That's missions. So you just do that to somebody who's not saved and that's called missions. Did Jesus save you? Did the blood from that cross flow across your soul? Did it make it whole? Did it make it pure? Did it give you an eternal home in heaven? Then tell somebody about it. And that is missions, Christian. But Matt, I, I'm, I'm not sure how I should say this and how I should say this. Look, Christian, you're going to mess it up. Oh, Brother Matt, what if I mess up my presentation? You will. It's guaranteed. I promise you right now, you're going to mess it up ten times. And God's going to use it anyway. Because it is not about the presentation, it is not about the method, it is about the message. That is missions. That is missions. We talked about Peter and about Paul this morning. Let me make a quick comparison. Paul, the educated, the articulate, the intelligent. Peter, the big mouth, caught up in heresy. Jesus called him Satan. You ever read First and Second Peter? Oh, those are some deep books, Christian. You know what I love about the Bible and love about our Lord? He took great men of faith and he showed us that they were flawed. They were flawed men and God used them to turn the world upside down. What's the difference between me and them? Nothing. We got the same God. It's the same message, same Jesus, same salvation. That is what you have, Christian. The same God that can use a big mouth caught up in heresy to write two books to the Bible. And by the way, Paul shows up in the book of Acts and he chews Peter out. And we got to give Peter some credit. Peter can take a chewing because he got it a lot. He could take it. You know what he did? Fixed it. And he said, the message is more important than the method that I was using. The message is what matters. I thank God that he uses Peter because if God can use Peter, God can use me. And if God can use me, God can use you. Christian, it is a misconception about missions that it's only for a few. It is for you, church. You are the missionaries of Liberty Baptist Church. That's who you are. That is your calling. I'm not called to preach. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are called to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to every soul that's out there. Saved or not saved, because you don't know if they saved. You are called to preach the gospel. Well, I'm a lady. I didn't say you were called a pastor. I said you were called to preach the gospel. Well, where's my pulpit? Every unbeliever out there is your pulpit. Now, don't bang on them like I did. That's not okay. They will not happily listen to your message if you're smacking them around. That's not good. Every unbeliever out there is your pulpit. Get out there and reach somebody for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's missions. Would you, would you turn over with me to one verse and we're going to stop. Philippians chapter number 3. You've been so wonderful to preach to. You're so enjoyable to preach to. I appreciate that very much. I enjoy preaching in English again. Philippians chapter number three. See, Brother Matt, preached this morning about storms and about trials, and now you're telling me, and you said Jesus is with me, now you're telling me I'm supposed to go preach the gospel. I am. Yes, I am. But Brother Matt, I've got circumstances, and I've got problems, and I've got trials. Christian, that's never going to stop. Missions must go on. The message doesn't stop just because the messenger has stumbled or has some issues. The message goes on. Bible says he fixed his gaze like a flint towards the cross. That means he didn't go to the left and he didn't go to the right. He saw 
the will of the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, walk toward that will no matter what. That's what we do, Christian. That's who we are. That's what we do. That is who we are. We're not just Baptists. We are gospel preachers. We're not just independent Baptists. We are gospel preachers. We are not just Christians. We are preachers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Brother Matt, I've not been doing that. You need to. It's your calling. It's your calling, Christian. The moment you became a believer, you received a calling to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You received a calling to preach. Philippians chapter number 3. Say, Brother Matt, why does this matter? Why does it matter? I'm going to show you why it matters. This passage has become very dear to me in our time in Iraq. It's, one of my it's become one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Philippians chapter number 3. I hope you're there. And I want you to look in verse number 8. We're going to read a few verses. Philippians 3, verse number 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. What a powerful statement. That I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Brother Haynes, Brother Matt, Matt, why is it? Why is it that I am supposed to preach the gospel? Why is it that you're talking to me about missions? Why is it you pushed me to look in the Bible? Why have you done these things? Verse number 10 is the reason why. That I may know him. Why are we where we are? That I may know him. Why do we preach missions? That they may know him. Why do we preach the gospel? That they may know him. Why does this matter? Why does tonight matter? Why does what we're doing matter? That the world may know him. That's why it matters. Because he matters, the message matters. Look at verse number 10. Look at the rest of it. And the power of his resurrection. What preceded his resurrection? Death. Difficulty, suffering, all of it preceded the glory. You know the power comes from pressure, right? When you push against something, it takes pressure. It takes a push. It takes effort. It takes work. It was work and it was effort when the Lord went to that cross. Every step was agony. Every step was full of blood. And every step was full of suffering, and that was just the physical. That's not even touching the spiritual warfare that was going on at that moment. And yet every step he took, every moment, was not just leading to the cross, to death, but it was leading to a resurrection. That's why we preach. Not because he died, but because he rose again. And they need to know him. They need to know him. My people need to know him. Your county needs to know him, and it is your calling, Christian, to preach him, that I may know him. The power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Misconceptions about missions, it's only for a few. It's all of us, Christian. We are called. It's only, it's narrow in its cultural scope. That's not true. It is one Lord to all people. It's only for the talented. We praise God that that is not the case. Jesus likes surrendered Christian. God uses surrendered Christians. If you want to be used of God, it is as simple as surrendering to his will. For the math, that's not very deep. No, it's simple. Jesus did all the deep stuff already. 
All we have to do is follow what he wrote. He said preach the gospel. He didn't say you had to yell it. Some do. I do. He just said preach it. God's looking to use you, Christian. I'm not preaching now just to liberty. I'm preaching to each individual that's in here tonight. God wants to use you. God is looking to use you. God desires to use you. God desires to take your life and make it shine like a city on a hill so that others may know of him. There is no greater purpose under this sun, under this heaven, for which we can spend and spill our lives than the sharing of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is missions? What is church planning? What is the Christian life? The preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you tonight, church. Don't listen to a missionary tonight. Go be a missionary from Liberty Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.